Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. We will be held accountable before the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 33 are completely explicit in what God is saying about this. Here's an example. In the State of the Union address just a couple months ago in January, the president covered a whole range of issues and challenges that we face. But his central case, the the one that basically he wants his administration to focus on, he said, and this is from his State of the Union address in January 2015, this is an actual quote, no challenge, no challenge poses a greater threat to the future generations than climate change. Really? Really? Global warming, climate change is the greatest threat our nation is facing right now. That just goes as uh, prosecution evidence number one as to how far out of touch Obama and this administration really is with current events. Specifically with our biblical ties to Israel and how this nation was formed around the precepts found in the Word of God. Now there is a long list, too long for me to go into on this broadcast, of reasons, if I listed them all out one by one, it's too, I don't have enough time to go over just that list in the amount of time we have left today. But I can sum it up in one number. This is a major structural support beam of this nation. You know, the major beams go right up through the center of a huge skyscraper, right? This was support beam. Number one, this was like the major cornerstone, if you want to call it that. 58 million. That's the number. Since 1973, Americans have killed 58 million children, babies. Think about that. 58 million. It's a staggering number. And if something does not happen soon to change its course, in just about two years, we will hit 60 million. 60 million abortions in this land. 
And when that happens, we as Americans will have murdered ten times the number of human beings than the number of Jews were murdered by the Nazis. Amen. And we know the judgment of God that fell upon the Nazis. Amen. Why do we think, I'll put it like this, what do you think is going to happen to a nation that exterminates ten times more people than Nazi Germany? The judgment of Almighty God is coming to this land. There's no way around it. The souls of 58 million babies are crying out for justice. And God will make sure they get it. But for this to happen, we need to be pleading with God to have mercy on us and on this nation. We need to be calling people to prayer, to a time of fasting, and above all, a time of repentance. Preachers, if you're listening to me right now, you are watchmen with me on the wall. We are to warn America of the coming implosion. Are you calling the church and nation to prayer and fasting and repentance? It starts with your church. It starts with your church. You can't call your city to repentance unless you're willing to lead your church in repentance. You can't call the nation to repentance unless you start with your church in repentance and get your city to repent. Is there more that you can do? Let us be found faithful. For I believe, folks, the time we have to enact this repentance is rapidly running out. Let's go to threat number two. Radical Islam and apocalyptic Islam. What if America is not simply at risk by an attack by radical Islamists, but is heading towards the actual risk of annihilation. Annihilation. Let me say that again. Being annihilated by what I call apocalyptic Islam. What's the difference? Well, how, how can you say that, Brother Bob? Well, the answer is not easy to say. And I do not want to say that about... What am I about to say? I don't want to say about a nation I love. You know my heart if you've been listening to this broadcast for any amount of time. I love the United States of America. I tear up every time I hear the national anthem played. Or God bless America. And especially... Well, never mind. This is what the Lord has shown me. Listen. There are two core things you have to understand. You need to know this. To misunderstand the nature and threat of evil is to risk being blindsided by it. And if evil, if left unchecked, it is the prelude to genocide. And that's what we're seeing with that 58 million babies as well. On December 7, 1941, this nation in an unprovoked attack was attacked by the Japanese forces at Pearl Harbor. We were blindsided by evil we did not even understand. And then it happened again on September 11, 2001. As a matter of fact, the 9-11 Commission report stated that the attacks perpetrated by Al-Qaeda were, quote, not a failure of intelligence, but a failure of imagination, unquote. 
despite all of the data that was pouring into our intelligence services, our leaders in Washington never put two and two together. They could not imagine that such a, an attack was even possible. And that was under a Republican president. I, I don't make a distinction between Democrat or Republican. The leaders of this nation for the past 50 plus years are all responsible in the eyes of God. Let's fast forward 14 years after the 9-11 attacks. We have a president who refuses to define radical Islam as the source of the threat we are facing in the Middle East and North Africa right now. He refuses to do it. Running in 2008, then-candidate Obama said Iran was a small country and did not pose a serious threat to us. January 2014, he said ISIS was a JV squad and not a serious threat to us. August 28, 2014, he said, well, we don't have a strategy yet to defeat ISIS. Think about that. And then January 20, 2015, in the State of the Union address, he did not even mention Islam or Islamism or ISIS at all. He does not recognize the threat. Folks, we cannot defeat an enemy that we refuse to define. You cannot shoot at a target that you're not aiming at. Amen. The threat of radical Islam is so serious to a threat to us and our allies all across this world. Here's an example. Jordan's King Abdullah. He's not only a Muslim, but can trace his bloodline back to the Prophet Muhammad. The Islamic Prophet Muhammad. He's a direct descendant of Muhammad. You'd think that there's anyone in Islam qualified to be a leader of the Muslim people. It would be him. Here's what he has to say publicly about Islam right now. Quote, we, this is a, in an interview he did on 60 Minutes in, on December 5th, 2014. He said, we are in, right now, the Third World War. This is a war inside of Islam. So we Muslims have to own up to it. We have to take the lead. We have to start fighting back. This is a Muslim problem. We need to take ownership of it. We need to stand up and say what is right and what is wrong. Unquote. That's what King Abdullah of Jordan had to say. He said more in that statement than our politicians have said in the United States. You see, the king and his advisors, his senior people, they get it. They are not radicals, but reformers. They are actively engaged in fighting the radicals, militarily, diplomatically, politically, financially, even on the theological basis. Amen. Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi also gets it. January 1st, 2015, speaking at Al-Hazar University. Now, he's also a Muslim, Muslim, and he is also engaging the fight against radical Islam on many fronts. He said, is it possible 
that 1.6 billion people, Muslims, should want to kill the rest of the world's inhabitants so that they themselves may win? This is impossible. We are in need. Now, this is his words. We are in need of a religious revolution. And then he calls the imams. He says, you imams are responsible for this before Allah. The entire world is waiting for your next move. But yet, our president and his administration insists we are not at war with Islam. Obviously, the vast majority of the world's 1.5 billion Muslims are not a threat. But research so shows that 7 to 10% of Muslims worldwide support violent jihad. That, if you do the calculations, is upwards of 150 million people. If that were a single country, which ISIS is trying to establish, the Islamic Republic of Radicalism, or we'll just say ISIS, or something like that, would be the world's ninth largest country. Top ten countries in the world. Just ahead of Russia, who has 146 million people. But the threat this nation faces right now is not simply from radical Islam. It's not even primarily from radical Islam even today at this hour. The most serious threat we face in the Middle East and North Africa and ultimately here in the United States is what I've heard called apocalyptic Islam. This is a term each person needs to become familiar with and begin to teach it to others. Apocalyptic Islam. For the first time in all of human history, we have not just one, but two nation states whose rulers are from the opposite poles as far as Islam is concerned. One Sunni, one Shia. And these rulers are driven not by political theology or even religious theology. They are driven by apocalyptic end times eschatology. They have a desire to usher in the end of the world. The leader of Islam said, if we have to go to nuclear war, it doesn't matter if every Iranian dies as long as Islam is lifted up. How do you defeat someone like that? They don't care if they die. They don't care if the entire world dies and only one Muslim remains standing. They will declare Allah is the winner. How do you defeat a nation like that? The Islamic Republic of Iran today is ruled by an apocalyptic genocidal death cult. So is the Islamic State or ISIS or ISIL, whatever you want to call them. Iran is Shia. ISIS is Sunni. Both believe the end days have come. Both believe their Messiah, known as the Mahdi, is coming at any moment in time. Both are trying to hasten the coming of the Mahdi. And in case you missed my prior teachings, they believe the prophet Jesus will assist the Mahdi in destroying the Jews and the Christians. So when a Muslim tells you, we believe in Jesus too. We believe he's coming back soon. Don't believe it. They're not talking about the same Jesus we worship. Well, Brother Bob, how, how could they call him Jesus? Then? It's, how can someone in Mexico name their child Jesus? Jesus. 
You know, it's like calling someone John today. It's just a common name. Jesus the Christ is the Messiah. That's what Christ stands for. Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one. Amen. That Jesus is the real Christ. Amen. Now, although Iran and ISIS are Muslim, each has an entirely set of different strategies. ISIS wants to build a caliphate. Iran wants to build the bomb, the nuclear bomb. ISIS is coming or committing genocide right now. Iran is preparing to commit genocide at a later point in time. In the near term, ISIS is the most dangerous. Why? Because ISIS is on a jihadist rampage right now. Robbing, killing, destroying, enslaving, raping, torturing, beheading. As Americans, we're getting numb to the, the beheadings taking place. When, the, when ISIS first made their entry onto the world stage, everyone was horrified by what they saw. Now they can kill 21 people at one time, and it barely makes the evening, evening news. You become numb to the violence going on. As Americans, we dare not turn a blind eye to this threat. If we don't defeat ISIS over there, they are coming here. Today on the news, they've, they've posted the pictures, names, and addresses of many people in the military and encouraged lone wolf attacks on them and their families in America. And you can rest be assured, mark the date that I say this, you will hear in the news about these lone wolf attacks killing the families of servicemen here in the United States. Mark my words, it will take place. We must act, and we must act as a nation now. That being said, as Christians, we have different responsibilities than the government and the military. As Christians, we must do what Jesus says to do. Amen? The government's job is to defeat and destroy our enemies. As Christians, our job is to, what? Love our enemies. That's what Jesus tells us. We even have to love ISIS. We even have to love Islam. We have to love Muslims. We have to love all those who are living under the reign of terror. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must not be blind to the enormous suffering taking place right now inside the Muslim world, nor be deaf to their cries for help, nor dull to the tyranny we are facing, both at home and abroad. Jesus commands us to love them, to serve them, to bless them, to tell them the good news about Him. So that they may have life, not so much in this earth, but in the world to come and eternal life. And in order to do that, since time is running out, we need to act now. Now in the longer term, Iran is the most dangerous, especially if our leadership approves this nuclear deal that is emerging. Why? 
because the apocalyptic leaders of Iran are just biding their time to build a nuclear arsenal capable of killing millions of people in a matter of minutes. And they, if they get the bomb, they will use it. Far too people in the West truly understand the nature and threat of radical Islam, much less the threat of apocalyptic Islam. They don't understand apocalyptic Islam. When our Bible says there will be a war of Armageddon, prior to that, in Ezekiel 38, there's the war in Ezekiel 38 that leads, and if you interpret the scriptures, to a nuclear detonation in that area of the world. And the war comes to an end. And it takes years to pick up the bodies. That is also an Islamic scripture. Saying that Islam, the leaders of Islam, must be defeated in battle. In that area, what we call Armageddon. They must be defeated in battle. Because that's what ushers in their Mahdi. To save them. And they want that to happen... So that their Mahdi will appear. So when we threaten to send troops over there to fight them, they laugh. They think, oh, this is great. This is going right according to our plan. They want us to come and engage them. That could be one reason why this administration refuses to do so. I'll give the president that much credit, but I don't know if that's the real one or not. But it is in the Quran and in Islamic scripture, uh, the Hadiths and all that, that there will be a war in that area of the world, in what we call Armageddon, and the Islamic forces will be defeated. And that's what will bring in their Mahdi to deliver them. Isn't it amazing that in the war of Armageddon, that's what brings in Jesus? Muslim has stolen a lot of the, the scriptures of the word of God and twisted them to use for their benefit. Think about that. They want this war where the West does not want the war. Indeed, many people dismiss these concerns altogether. But it is a fact that a deep and widespread belief exists within the Islamic world that we are living in the end of days. According to a 2012 report by the Pew Research Center, quote, in most countries in the Middle East and North Africa, South Asia, Southeast Asia, more than half or more of Muslims believe they will live to see the return of the Mahdi. That's more than 750 million Muslims worldwide. In Egypt, 40% of Muslims believe the return of the Mahdi is imminent. In Jordan, 41%. Palestine, 
Palestinians, 46%. And Iraq, 72%. What's more, the report found that an enormous number of Muslims believe Jesus is coming back to serve under the Mahdi. 29% of Jordanians, they believe that Jesus is coming back to earth. And Egypt is 39%. Palestinians, 46%. Iraq, 64%. Believe Jesus is coming back to earth. But they believe this Jesus is serving under the Mahdi. Apocalyptic Islam eschatology is, if you can picture this and excuse the pun, is basically a photographic negative of biblical eschatology. You know what a negative is? I know in the age of digital cameras, a lot of people don't know. In the old days, back about 20 years ago, you had film that you had to put in the camera. When you're done with that roll of film, you had to get it developed. And you received a negative back. A negative is a reverse image in color or black and white. I'll use black and white as an example because it's easier to explain, of a picture. So if you took a picture of the night sky with uh, your house lit up, in the negative, the house would be black and the night sky would be white. Because when they put it on the photographic paper, wherever the light gets exposed, that's what turns dark. So the negative is the reverse of the picture. Amen? So the picture comes out with a black sky and a bright house. But on the negative, the house is black and the sky is bright. That's Islam compared to the Bible. The leaders of Iran and ISIS believe that the way to hasten the coming of the Messiah is to kill as many people as possible. The followers of Jesus Christ, on the other hand, believe the way to hasten the coming of our Messiah is to save as many people as possible. Matthew 24, 14. Which brings me back to what we as Christians, and especially pastors and those called in the ministry, should be doing right now. We are the watchmen on the wall, as I started with. So my question is, are you warning this nation of the coming sword? The threat of radical Islam and apocalyptic Islam and explaining to people their similarities and differences. Are you urging the church to fulfill the great commission by preaching the gospel and making disciples of all nations, including Muslim nations? Let's not just talk about the bad news. I mean, there is good news also, amen? There's a lot of good news out there. Here's one that you don't hear too often. Since 1979, more Muslims... Now, 1979 is when uh, the Iranian Revolution took place. Okay, More Muslims since 1979 have come to faith in Jesus Christ and renounced Islam than in the last 1,400 years of Islam combined. But you don't hear that good news. But we as Christians representing Jesus Christ on this earth in the last days of the last days, we are impacting this world, and especially the Islamic world, the 1040 window. One of my friends has a major ministry in that area of the world, and in Pakistan, he's seen huge numbers of people accepting Jesus. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want his work to be hindered by someone in Pakistan reporting this broadcast to the authorities. But there is documented evidence that is taking place. Glory to God. But now is not the time to cower in fear. Now is the time to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit with courage, 
with conviction. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Amen. And that takes me to threat number three. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.